0: Hey, and welcome to another episode of Devon's Bluegrass and American Roots Show, where, as always, guys, we are going to focus on Bluegrass and American Roots musicians. Now, by the end of the show, I'm hoping that you guys will have as much passion for this type of music as I do, and I'm really excited about today's episode, guys. You want to know why? Because I have a lot of new music to share with you, alongside an interview from the Wooks. I thought to start things off though with an instrumental from Sierra Hall. This one's called Bombshell. Alright guys, I've got time for one more track for you before I take a quick break. This one comes from a band called Fireside Collective. This one's called Blue Is My Condition. My from- guys, I've got to take a quick break, but when I come back, it's the interview with the Wooks and some more toe-tapping bluegrass music. Hey guys, welcome back. Let's jump right into the interview I had recently with the Wooks. Oh my goodness, guys. I am totally psyched out for this interview right now because I am sitting here with one of the members of the Wooks. So CJ, when did the Wooks form and what are your earliest memories of performing as a band?
1: The Wooks formed in in and around uh, the middle of 2014. Um, we, uh, We played a lot of private gigs early on and one of the first like full-on band gigs uh was at a place called uh keeneland which is a horse race a famous horse racing track here in lexington and after the show it was really fun because it was one of those situations where you know people might not have been at the event to listen to music but we kind of were able to um reign the crowd in and get people interested in what we were doing. It was a lot of fun. And we talked in the parking lot about uh, a band name and uh, making it official and, uh, you know, what kind of T-shirts we were going to get right off the bat. So that was kind of the first gig. And then our first, like, real festival play was probably a Festival of the Bluegrass here in Lexington, Kentucky. That's a really great traditional bluegrass uh, music festival and was uh, special for me because I grew up uh, attending that festival. Who are your musical influences? Um, as a five-piece band, we all have uh, you know a pretty diverse uh, group of musical influences. But I'll, I'll try to speak to the ones I know that we all share. As a bluegrass band, and this time it's it's very difficult to play the style of music that we have and not be, like, heavily influenced by uh, Tony Rice. And uh, that generation of bluegrass musicians that came along with him, the Jerry Douglas, Sam Bush, all those guys, um, Bela Fleck, um, and then also, like, J.D. Crowe in the New South, and uh, that, that whole 70s bluegrass crew, and then... Uh, a lot of us, um, listen to, you know, the Flatt and & Scruggs and Monroe and Larry Sparks, older, um, versions of, of Bluegrass. And then there is a ton of influence in the outside of the Bluegrass world, like Tom Petty, the band, um, I particularly love, uh, Van Morrison, the band, uh, Levon Helm, um, Rolling Stones, um, Jerry Garcia, um, you know, all of us listen to a lot of different things, um, a lot of old time uh, fiddle and banjo music, and um, singer-songwriter music is a huge part of what we do. John Prine, Townsend Zant, um, Robert Earl Keen, and taking that like lyrical content and kind of Maybe jamming a little bit more amongst those types of lyrics has kind of become what to me the wooks uh sound kinda is so
0: c j what recognition has your band received
1: the wooks uh we've we've won some awards and been nominated for some awards we We won the rocky grass band contest in in uh twenty sixteen We were nominated for an i b m a uh, momentum award and there's been probably quite a few things that uh, you know recognition that we've gotten however I don't know like my favorite uh, memories of that kind of like getting recognized or some kind of milestone or has been more like you know things like going on the road and opening for axet you look up to like the string dusters, or, or oh, we we've done uh, some opening uh, runs with Tyler Childers, who's a friend of ours, and it's really fun. It was fun to get to share uh, these audiences and see them, uh, all these people showing up to like see your friends play and being able to be a part of those bills. And, like, the coolest recognition, I don't even know if you call it recognition, but for me is like, when you, like, write a song and, like, the crowd sings along to it, um, that's, like, the best thing ever, more so than any, like, plaque or award. Um, Not that those things aren't cool, too, but that's the coolest. Like, the first time I heard, like, a crowd singing along to a lyric that, was one of our songs that's kind of the, the probably the coolest recognition that i've experienced so what are some personal
0: goals you wish to achieve through your music
1: my personal goals with our music um it's a really tough question sometimes um to think about but for one it would be to like keep alive all the wonderful like influence that we have like the the songwriters and the musicians that music meant so much to all of us that we decided to uh, put forth the effort and journey to to create records to kind of try to keep that spirit alive and and that sound to some extent, but then also trying to like take it in a place that's unique to to us. Because that's really the only way to, you know, there's no reason to go out and and try to replicate something. But I do think, like, particularly with Flying High, that, you know, the tonal quality of the album and, the, you know, where Sean Sullivan mixed it and Jake Stardewal recorded it and and Bill Wolfe, who did a lot of work for Tony Rice, mastered it. I, I think, like, the tonal quality um and the and the vibe it does have that spirit and there's no one that can play like tony rice or bailiff fleck or you know those are once in a lifetime you know that's they're they're their own thing but i I do think we did accomplish getting like the spirit of that uh energy into this album and um that's kind of like my goal with each record or each show is just to kind of, A, like keep the music alive, make it unique to us, and then try to take the fans into an experience that allows them to kind of escape their everyday uh, you know, troubles or whatever you know, to kind of give them this uh, good experience for however long the show is.
0: So do you have a website and or social media that fans can find out more about the Wooks on?
1: Um, our uh, website is, uh, you can find us at wookoutamerica.com and all our social media handles are at wookoutamerica. So where did the
0: inspiration for your new record, Flying High, come from?
1: You know, the inspiration for this album really kind of come came from each other, you know, like... Um, hearing these songs that each one of us were writing, um, kind of gives you this excitement to kind of execute and create a uh, cool arrangement for your friends' songs. You know, and we each do that for each other, and um, the musicianship and like creating uh, cool ideas around these lyrics. You know, I feel like the lyrics are the inspiration for all the Wooks albums that we've done. Um, you know, the song kind of drives, um, fuels the train, you know. It's the the thing that keeps you excited. And uh, we were lucky to have, you know, Harry wrote some incredible songs, George and myself, and then and the guys that didn't write are still bringing these songs to life with, like, Alan with the Dobro and the bass parts, and it's like, you know, it's all one big creation, and, um, you know, I feel like we try to play to suit those songs, you know, and, and to lift the tunes up more than, like, showcase each one of us individually on our instruments, which is something that you can kind of, you know, that's, uh, influence, like, the band was a lot, that was kind of their philosophy, and, um, that's kind of what we're going for
0: anyway. And lastly, CJ, how would you introduce one of your favorite tunes off the record?
1: As far as a particular tune on this album, um, I'll talk about one of mine because I I can kind of give more perspective on something that I've written, but there's a song called Other Side, um, The Other Side um, on the album. And at the time, I was um, in this space of I was kind of late to the table on discovering fish and I've always been a Grateful Dead fan but like I've never I don't know that I've never ever really tried to like channel or get into that like Robert Hunter um the slightly abstract way of writing lyrics um I wanted to, to explore that and I was going through a pretty tough time a friend of mine um, ended up passing of cancer, Um, and he was really sick at the time, and I was kind of riding it while he was sick and, and then finishing it after he had passed. And a friend of mine, uh, Nate, that does some merch sales for the Wooks mentioned one time to me that, like, a person dies two deaths. It's, like, the first time is their actual physical death. And the second time is when the last time someone says their name. So I was like, that's heavy and like really interesting to kind of think about. So I I was working on this song and I decided I, I wanted to get my friend who had passed name into the song. And the verses were all inspired by the process that I was going through with you know, essentially losing him, and, uh, I thought if I could get his name in there, you know, this thing could live on some hard drive forever, in theory, and that would be cool, you know, it's like, you know, he might not have to die that second death kind of thing, you know, so Steve is, makes an appearance, and the his name comes up in the last verse, and, um, I'm pretty proud of that tune, um, it's also kind of got a jammy vibe i I really was trying to go like like that jam band or jerry garcia fish vibe i still think it's kind of has that uh, a little more southern rock sound in the end but uh, that's what i was going for um you know the verses have a lot of abstract ideas um i mentioned like the hurricane forest which is a part of the battle of the bulge um and kind of Relate to like some people fight to survive on a battlefield, and some people are are facing death in like a hospital room you know and um basically uh you just kind of get dealt a hand of cards and you're not really sure what that's gonna play out to till till it's over, you know, and those kind of lyrical uh imagery ideas kind of make up other side and then a good example of the guys just kind of helping something bring it to life you know george is really knowledgeable our banjo player and a vocalist in the band is really knowledgeable about uh you know fish and the grateful dead and like he worked really hard to build a um the chorus the vocal parts the harmony parts to really have that like Kind of have like a little bit of a fish vibe, and there's also a melody motif that him and Harry worked up that kind of tried to capture that imagery. They really helped me um execute what I was hearing in my head for this tune um and there's also like a real shreddy dobro solo on it too so i'm I'm really proud of of that tune. I like songs that are stretched out and long it's a pretty long song and um It was cool to kind of document my friend as well.
2: you're dealing with till they put you in the ground some draw their time in spades some have to fold away no time to wonder what difference does it make This car you- sing
0: I've got time for one more track for you before I get out of here for the week. This last one actually has Laura Orshaw of the Paul Ramblin voice stepping up to the center mic with her rendition of Rambling Woman. Of Devon's Bluegrass and American Root Show. A special thanks goes out to the Wooks for being my showcase fan this week. Stay tuned for the next episode of Devon's Bluegrass and American Root Show coming out really soon.